Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. How's Cole? Hello. <laughs> How are you? Good. How are you? Winter is here. Today, I think we will talk about one of uh, the unsung heroes of uh, natural history world, the humble and often overlooked woodlouse. Wow. They're really cute. <laughs> you say that about everything. And it's your favourite animal, right? My favourite animal ever. <laughs> wow, it's an absolutely gorgeous day. And I do love the colours out here with the, yeah. the leaves. So we're in your garden. Beautiful lush logs, little bits and pieces, moss everywhere. So you're pulling up some moss and you're pulling up... Oh, and you've just picked up a beautiful woodlouse. Oh my gosh. So what's a woodlouse look like? (laughs) Yeah. Well, a woodlouse looks like a woodlouse. I think everybody... It's one of these animals we don't have to describe too much because I think most people will be familiar with them. Yeah. I mean, when you lift up anything in your garden, any... uh, bin bag you've leave, left out overnight or a piece of wood that's been left rotten in the garden you're guaranteed to find these guys yeah so we have 45 species of woodlice in the uh the british isles in really? the uk and ireland um wow yeah 45 now some of them obviously are really rare and very yeah. small and some of them are more common there's about five of them that we would know and see around a lot mm-hmm. But yeah, they're serious the amount of numbers on the range in size from like the one you have there now is about a centimeter, half centimeter. Yeah, yeah, about that. Um, they range in size from about a, a couple of millimeters huh. to just under an inch. Right. So the ones that are just under an inch are the ones you see on the seafront when mm. you're sitting having your ice creams, especially at night. You see these big kind of mm. they almost look like cockroaches, but they actually are woodlice. It's like they have armor plating. Yeah. So they are very well armoured. In fact, a fair few of the species have evolved into what we would commonly call roly-polies, mm-hmm. which are like basically like what the armadillo does. Mm. It rolls up into a ball to protect itself. Pill millipedes do the same thing. It's an example of convergent evolution when something works for one animal and another animal is living in similar circumstances they sometimes evolve to do the mm. same thing and look the same way. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so this this is a fairly armoured um, woodlouse here. It's called the striped woodlouse. Mm-hmm. So it's it's sort of dark in the centre, but around the edge is this lovely white, light colour. Yeah. And that's how you, dis- you, you distinguish species, really, in woodlouse, by their, the patterns on their body, um, the shape of the segments, little details that mm. separate and them. 
Loads of little legs. You've yeah, just turned yeah. it over there between your thumb and your forefinger. And the little legs are going like nuts. How many legs are there on this one? So, so I'm okay. let's reckon? see. We want one, two, two three, three, four, four five, six, seven ish. Okay. Seven is the, seven the pairs. Yeah. And they are in the segments of the bodies. Uh, of, so one of pair body. per segment? Uh, yeah, more or less. And the way you differentiate woodlice from, from pill millipedes, which look very, very similar. Mm. It's the fact that the millipedes have two legs per segment of the oh, body. Oh, right. two pairs of legs per yeah, segment. Yeah, exactly, P- two pairs of legs. And so then there's a little uh, two antennae at the front. Yep, yeah, used for finding their way around. They're, they're mouth parts for chewing up detritus, leaves. They're basically recyclers. Wow. So they do all the good stuff we need to do. They have an incredible ability as well to take heavy metals like lead and, and zinc and copper out of the ground. Mm. Which is great for clearing out, uh, you know, polluted areas. They're very tolerant to, like, high pollution areas. So even in, like, factories with mechanical works and garages going on, you still find woodlice knocking around Mm. and they do well. It is good in the fact that they can clear an area of these heavy metals. Mm. But it's bad in the fact that they are a food source for a lot Mm. of creatures. So those heavy metals end up somewhere else, Mm. up the food chain. But uh, it's a testament to how tough they are. And a lot of people consider them, hello, Mr. Seagull. <laughs> he wants just circling above us. He just wants to be on the curtain shed. <laughs> um, a lot of people would look at a woodlouse and the first thing they'll think is an insect. I'm going to get up because my hips are about to crack. My knees are sore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so old. <laughs> yeah, the first thing you think is an insect. But they're actually not insects at all. Can you guess what they are? Now I'm going to try out a couple of words. <laughs> Arthropod. They are, but they're actually uh, more specifically a crustacean. Oh, okay. So, so they, they've, they used to be underwater. Yeah, so their closest relatives are shrimps and lobsters, oh, right. which is amazing. Um, oh. They still, if I flip this guy over. I did it, okay. It's very nice that you just came along. If you look here oh, on yeah. his backside. Yeah. So you have these two appendages here. Yeah. And they're used for self-defense. They can spray out a noxious glue and a chemical. Oh, wow. So any spiders or uh, kind of centipedes coming mm. along. I we'll just moved away there. Yeah. No, well, it's very, very small. We wouldn't even notice it. But if you look just behind this last pair of legs, you yeah. can see a white row of yes. uh, things there. That's its gills. Oh. So it still retains gills. Oh. How long ago do they come out of the water, do Three, we think? 300 million years. Jeez. So they really are... Uh, intermediary species yeah um, as in like they haven't evolved as far as insects or spiders <coughs> as in developing spherical tubes for breeding yeah. or book lungs they s- literally still have these kind of gill like structures can like they the use end. them like can they roll around in uh, puddles of water they if actually if you get them wet what happens is if you get a woodlice wet you'll see it come out if it falls into a puddle or falls into a pond, I see them at the side of the pond and they'll come up to the side, they'll pull themselves out, they'll turn their bum in the air and they'll put it into the sun to dry it out because they'll actually drown. Okay. Their gills are specifically uh, evolved now to absorb air. There are some species of woodlice that are semi-aquatic, mm. so they can come in and out like crabs, but the vast majority of them are are, are, are this kind of mm. in-between phase of mm. land and an and aquatic animal. They have to be, for the vast majority of them, they have to be in moist environments. There is one species of North African woodlouse that um, 
lives in arid areas. Mm. So it's actually like the crustacean that lives in the driest habitat. Mm. It's a, it's an amazing achievement it has. But what they do is basically they do they dig these forty centimeter long vertical tubes into the desert sands, and at the very bottom of them, it's nice and moist. It's exactly the kind of temperature that would be around here mm. and they go out at night or during the the early morning or the evening to forage they're a massive part of the biomass in the desert because there's not much living there and these woodlice provide food for all sorts of desert dwelling scorpions and lizards and a, a really important uh, uh, food source over there they're all the animals that make tracks around your tent when you're sleeping exactly. in the desert. Exactly, yeah, yeah, you know, <laughs> you've been there. So yeah, so it's, it's mad to think that a, a shrimp basically yeah. is living in the desert. Yeah, So um, it's incredible. Yeah, but it, but as I said, in, in, in these kind of climates, you'll only find them around piles of leaves, anywhere that's moist, and they munch away. Mm. Very interesting creature. I've got a couple of more cool ones to show you. So well, I was going to say that uh, you being you, we're not only going to look at the ones on the outside of your house, but perhaps <laughs> once you're breeding. <laughs> yeah, I have a couple of oddballs inside. We'll let this chap go. Yeah, I think we, he's, he's done his duty there for uh, natural yeah. history education. There you go. Tucked him back under a log. Very nice. Back into the shed. Yeah. Oh, there's all my leaves I've spread out. Oh, over yeah, the, uh, you're fantastic. So that'll rot down. But it looks nice too, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. The pond needs a haircut now. I right. have to get all that uh, extra growth out because if you leave it too long with your ponds, and even the people who built ponds who are listening to the show, even if you have a small pond, it's good to kind of take excess greenery out. Mm. So leave a little bit in, but if it's if it's starting to die and to, to rot away, just take it out because you don't want your your pond filling up with too much um, too much decaying matter, you know. Right. Walking into the shed, here we go. Nice to be back in the shed, it's been a while. So we're back from the glamour of our road trip to Cork, the Cork Podcast Festival. Oh back yeah, in. yeah, that was great fun, wasn't it? It was great fun. Really, really, and thanks to everybody who came down to see us and... Yeah, it was really, really good fun. I, I, uh, I had a ball. Yeah, everybody was so sound as well. That was brilliant. Um, so roly polies are. Oh yes. Yeah, more. Oh my gosh. Okay. So again, we have in front of us the quintessential big uh, Tupperware box, really big plastic box, a couple of feet wide, and inside. Ah. <laughs> these, these are French roly polies. Oh la la. Yeah, so I got these this population from France, but these are um, beautiful little. Now they look very well. They look similar but different to the ones we just looked at outside. So different, yeah. color, slightly different shape, a little bit bigger. Yeah. So yeah, they're like um, how to describe them. So they look like I think a lot of people in Ireland would have seen ro- roly polies. We have them here. Um, like, is that a different species of woodlouse? There's or a it? million different species okay. of woodlouse. As I said, there's forty-five different species in, it and and some of them are very similar looking to yeah. each other. And it, you know, you you want to. Um, you want to get your eye and here's something mm. really interesting to show so, you so they're much more rectangular shaped than the little guy we saw outside they look like mini um, they look like those kind of mini camper vans <laughs> from the <laughs> they 80s do. they don't they they, they just trumble along do. they have the flat front they're almost like a high ace <laughs> a small little high ace a grey high ace car or van with uh, with seven legs trundling along <laughs> 
and they really just c- kind of potter along doing, going about their business and you have quiet. dozens in here on substrate and under and they're under little pieces of wood and everything and lovely places to hide yeah so they have a great life I call this uh, roly poly town yeah in the land of isopods but they, it's they're uh, just yeah they're going around oh look you just lift up a, a piece of wood with lots of um, little indentations in it and it's just loads of them all, all different, different sizes. sizes yeah exactly so a lot, lot of, of legs in there a is. lot of our kitchen waste goes in here now okay. there's actually two species of Wood lice here. All oh, right. If you look you at see the small, very tiny white, sort of almost clear. Yeah, with uh, the, with the couple stress. of millimeters even. That's all. And they are a tropical species, and that's as big as they get. Yeah. They're adults, so you can see the size variation Amazing. in between them. Those ones that are the adults are barely the size of a, a double the size of a pinhead, mm. maybe. Yeah. They're a tiny little species, pure white, and great for feeding the likes of. Baby frogs, mm-hmm. uh, baby lizards. Mm. Um, because, of course, these guys are food, right? That's the way you have them. Yes. Yeah, a lot of these are food. Food for... for uh, Not for thought, but for other yeah, animals. for other animals. <laughs> and if you look here, you can see one of these guys. It's in its defence ah, position. It's rolled up in a ball. Yes. And it literally looks like a, a steel ball bearing almost. It does, yeah. Oh, uh, a little crack has appeared there. They've slightly opened up yeah. probably to see what's going on. So it's completely defending itself mm. there. Also, you can see halfway down its body, it's this side is slightly greyer than the other. Mm. And that is going to lead to this, which is the exoskeleton molting. Ah. And they have a really interesting way of doing it that no other crustacean does. They molt half their body. Mm. Uh, they pop out of that. Mm-hmm. And then a couple of days later, they do the other half. Wow. So they're never completely defenseless. Right. It clever. means they can keep moving, keep rolling. Yeah, it's a very, very good ad- adaptation for land. Yeah. So they'll they'll keep moving, they'll keep rolling along. What do these guys eat? So, like, it, will the big ones eat the small ones? If if it came down to it, and if I was just to leave these here forever, mm. they they probably would start cannibalizing each other. Mm. That happens in a lot of creatures. Mm. But this kind of bits of wood here this white wood this cardboard all that stuff is great for them and they'll munch away at that for ages they'll also eat their own poo they can recycle their own poo a lot Wow! because they need copper Mm. copper is a real valuable resource to them for making their exoskeleton and it tends to run through them so the adults will poo a lot and the the young will hang around with the adults mm. and eat their poo and so on and so forth. So my description of armour plating wasn't too off. It wasn't, yeah, actually, mm. yeah. It's, it's really good, really good defence mechanisms. Um, a few of them are, are just landed on their backs there and they're struggling to get up, but they they sort of roll up Yeah, and then flip, flip themselves over. over. Yeah, I, I supplement these guys now with kind of fish flakes mm. and kitchen food and obviously they thrive and they do absolutely fantastically well. And they are a great source of food for all my um, my, my bugs and or not my my bugs, my spiders and my frogs, yeah, yeah. because they really take on board all the nutrients you mm. feed them. So if you feed them good stuff, you know you are what you line. eat exactly. Yeah. Obviously, there's no heavy metals or chemicals or anything that goes right from out of your iPod. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so a slayer. You, you pick up a few of them, and immediately they turn into those little marbles, ball bearing shaped. Yeah, and it's a strange thing because mm, straight away if, if you go on uh, YouTube and you check out, um, if you're that way inclined, I, I like the kind of those uh, survival kind of type videos where, you know, foraging and how to get by in the wild. Mm. And a lot of people talk about these guys and they call them wood shrimp. Mm. 
the reason they call them wood shrimp is because if you were if if the zombie apocalypse happened <laughs> and we're all starving to death and you 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 you're not skilled in catching rabbits or whatever these guys are actually quite edible mm. believe it or not they do carry obviously because of the 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 place they have in the food chain they're eating all detritus and mm. rubbish you see them open up they're very cute when they open them aren't they they're very cute yeah um, just a whole load of them in your palm now um when when they're eating all the detritus and rubbish they'll pick up viruses and yeah. parasites and bacteria yeah so it's important that anything like that any animal that you're going to eat you want to make sure that it, it's well thoroughly cooked mm. but these guys take two or three minutes to to boil up in a pan mm. and basically they taste like shrimp mm-hmm. kind of pissy shrimp <laughs> Very strong kind of urine kind of smell off them. So attractive. Yeah. But it's a zombie apocalypse. You're not going to get a Mars bar. You have to eat pissy shrimps. Pissy, pissy wood lice. I'm not selling this, am I? But, uh, yeah, so, yeah, they they were a, a source of food back in the day and, and they hopefully won't be in the future, but they could potentially be if we were ever stuck. Mm. So yeah, very interesting. You just creatures. have a handful of uh, ball bearings there with little legs sticking out occasionally. It's mad when they when they you just you see them just popping their heads out and just trundling off like yeah. that. Now there's a regular one in with them. You can see the difference there. He can't. That's roll one up. from outside, is it? That's one. That's a regular. You see the difference. The ah, so the 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 woodlouse that we had just outside doesn't roll up yep. to the same extent. Right, I can see that. Yeah doesn't roll up Sounds at all like it just what does they a do crunch is, like for it's an abs crunch that's yeah. it um, and what they do is they tend to play dead like that exactly ah, like that right. and if they don't if they think the playing dead isn't working yeah. they'll leg it and then if they that doesn't work then they'll kind of produce that very microscopic mm. noxious mm. chemical just w- looking at this large Tupperware container with all the substrate in it it's actually quite hypnotic because of just constant very gentle very consistent movement the, the most the requests I get <laughs> on the on the uh, social media stuff I do is to see how Isopod Town or Roly Poly Town is doing <laughs> because people love it. I should get like a, a, t- a team music and get the you know like EastEnders <laughs> and just have a cam. And it's just all these dramas. Put little hats on them and stuff. <laughs> you see the uh, here's one here now. Here's a really You're interesting. Picking up a white Roly Poly. Yeah. So up. it's not an albino. It's not a different breed. It's just one of these guys who's recently molted. Oh, okay. You can see it's a lot smaller. It's a lot smaller, yeah. yeah. There's a bacteria that infects these, mm-hmm. and it's very odd because it needs to replicate itself, so to speak. Mm. So what it does actually, it actually changes the hormones in a male mm-hmm. as they're developing, yeah. as they're young, and turns them into a female. No, and then she will uh, give birth to, or her, her eggs will all be infected with that same wow. bacteria and go so on and so forth. Which will, which will then, as they do, infect other males. Yeah. So there's a lot of uh, transition from male to female in, in uh, these isopods, these little roly-polies and it's these amazing. wood lice as well in general. It's an amazing it's adaptation cool. on the part of the bacteria. Yeah, it is. And it kind of really doesn't do the wood lice any harm because it's just, it means that if a male is wandering off to a new area on his own, he's mm. just going to kind of parasitogenically reproduce and... Yeah start up a whole new population yeah and the weird thing about these guys is because they're not insects and they're kind of closely related to sea creatures they still have to deal with reproduction as in they can't lay eggs like and just disperse them out into the water so what do they do they have a a, a thing called a marsupial pouch 
Yeah. Really? Yeah. So basically, the females have, and you can see it really, uh, it's the wrong time of year, but during the springtime, you just see these female woodlice. If you're ever out in your garden, turn one over and have a look, and you'll see kind of a yellow pulsating belly on them. Yeah. Like a, like a little small yellow balloon. Huh. And inside it is, you know, 22, 200 eggs, depending on the species. Wow. And they'll hatch out. Yeah. And they'll start actually developing inside hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank linkedin helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role in a given month over 70 percent of linkedin users don't even visit other leading job sites so start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. The pouch. Oh, wow. So they're not, they don't hatch out and then just fall out. Yeah. They develop for a while. And then she literally gives birth, in, for want of a better word, to these independent mm. little creatures that can kind of wander off and do their mm. own thing. Some of them actually still provide protection for them in the form of kind of uh, a substance, not unlike the lactating insects we mm. talked about many months ago. But um, yeah, it's a very cool little system they have of, of looking after their That's really their clever. Young and giving their young a head start. It's the same with that desert species of I was talking about earlier on. The, the reason they're successful and their biomass is so massive is because they give parental care. They do that. They take that step. They actually give that kind of extra care, that little... Just ele- to get them ready to survive as soon as they leave. Exactly. As soon as they're out there ready to yeah. rock, which is a, a great little trait, you know? That's amazing. Yeah. I'm just while you're flicking through your notebook, I'm just staring into this. It's hard not. It's hard to look away because it's uh, so much happening in there. It's. Um, I definitely need to put some kind of street lamps up and <laughs> and turn into a little town. Yeah, I knew there was something I nearly forgot. <laughs> they they can actually absorb water through their backsides as well. No. So they drink through their arse. 
and they're and they're the, the regular through their people talk through well, their arse yeah, and these guys they can, drink they can breathe through their, their or they can drink through their arse which is I thought was hilarious <laughs> you would uh, no, yeah. <laughs> so tell me how they do that and why they do that well it, it's it's just a, a way of absorbing water mm. because they might be busy eating at one end mm-hmm. so they can do it that way the other oh way oh my god multitasking know? that's amazing multitasking yeah that's amazing um yeah, so and, God, and we all we humans think we're great. We think we're fantastic. <laughs> we, we have nothing on. We have nothing on these we have guys. On these guys, they don't actually urinate either. Oh, they have a they have a really cool talent to actually just dispel the gases, mm-hmm. the urethra, through their exoskeleton. Mm-hmm. So and they, probably, they fart through their exoskeleton. Probably, yeah. The same. It's a good way of saying it, but it, yeah, and that's probably why they have that pissy kind of mm. a. a, mm-hmm. a taste and mm. smell of them mm. I often find it funny actually when people say oh, I was out eating wood lice and they taste like piss and I was like how much fucking piss are you tasting Jesus <laughs> I, I could recognise the smell of it but Jenny Mac but uh, oh yeah so there you go look at that, you, just that picked up, you cracked open another piece of wood and it's full full of these little guys yeah just now. moving come here how do they breathe it, it, through those gills is it yep so basically they're kept moist and they they absorb the oxygen through the air as it's passing through the air. Very much the same way. Sorry, through the gills? Through the gills, yeah. But from the air, directly from the air, the oxygen comes from. And very much the same way they would have done it in the water. In the water, there's kind of a flapping of the gills. Um, mm. So it's 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 not much of a step up. I think, you know, you could look at your fully aquatic shrimps. Then you look at crabs, which are kind of in between. And then probably our next stage will be the likes of the yeah. wood lice yeah. because um, it is that so here's another another dish. Tupperware dish that you're opening big, a big container guys, yeah. and different species of wood louse yeah oh l- very different colour yeah smaller so the, than the these are ca- yeah these are called daisy wood lice because they look like daisy cows oh right they're, they're little, sort of species. slightly speckled yeah so they're black and white basically yeah. but aren't they gorgeous they're beautiful very attractive looking and I absolutely love them and they're quite big too yeah Aren't they gorgeous? They're really nice, yeah. Very much paler and black speckles and very attractive looking. They don't roll up like no, the roly-polies. No, and these would be a subtropical species, so they need a lot of warmth. So that's why I'm smelling the earth, because the the container is moist. So yeah, keep it and in that lots of mould, because yeah. they, they'll feed off mould and mushrooms and, and mm. growth like that. Also, you can see my leaves. Mm-hmm. So a lot of my leaves will get recycled from the garden mm. uh, into these tanks. There's a massive thing happening at the moment, a massive movement into keeping isopods as pets, uh-huh. which I am so behind because you think about it, they, you need one or two of them. Mm. They'll breed like mad. Mm-hmm. They're, as you saw there earlier on, hypnotic to look at. Totally. Gorgeous little creatures yeah. and uh, really harmless. Also, they don't need... You know, you don't have to kill yourself looking after them. They don't need much space, mm. so they're quite environmentally friendly. And I think, you know, it's a, it's a really cool little kind of hobby that's starting mm. to take off. It's not going to affect wild populations mm. because they're so prolific. Um, it's and not like great a, for kids to get kids interested yeah, in how the ecosystem I mean, works, how things hang together. Exactly. I mean, one of the first creatures I ever kept would have been these, along with the beetles and the, mm. all the other stuff. And there's all sorts of different breeds, yellows and reds and crazy colours and different sizes. And, you know, mm. it's um, it's a very cool hobby for anyone who's thinking of getting into, into keeping invertebrates at all. 
Um, the more you look at them, the more they do look like crustaceans. Yes. When really? you get your head around the mm. fact that they're not insects, um, you start to think, well, if this was just... I always think if, if this was a puddle mm. and you saw them, again, mm. trundling around, which is my favourite word for these guys because that's they do exactly trundle. what yeah, they do. They trundle. The more you, you think of them underwater, the more it makes sense. Mm. And what a an evolutionary jump to mm. do that, to take that step, to make a... To decide one day, mm, looks like there's a bit of food up there. Let's take a risk and let's go up there. And, and then natural selection has just brought them to this point. There's a lovely one. So, so much dark. darker than the others, yeah. Just on your hand there, trundling away. I don't know how I ever got anybody to date me. <laughs> when I'm sitting here going, look at that lovely woodlouse. <laughs> <laughs> Not only date you, but actually marry, marry and have kids. Yeah. I tricked her! <laughs> Yay! Oh, God. That's amazing. What a treat. What an absolute treat. And it just goes to show you that in in your little space outside, however big a space that you have, even if it's only a flower pot on your balcony, you still have a world in there to look at. 100%. Yeah. And these, these are the force to show up. Mm. As I say, I always say it to people, it's like, you take your wheelie bins out mm. after a week of leaving them there and you're guaranteed to find worms and woodlice. And then, of course, you know, we're talking about how brilliant these guys are and how cute they are. More importantly, though, they are an essential keystone species in the food web. Mm. So these feed everything. Mm. <laughs> Birds, your blackbird pulling the leaves apart is looking for these guys to feed its young they're one of the few animals that are still active during mm. the winter time as well they'll still be out munching on those dead leaves because the great thing about the leaf cover which we were talking about when you arrived is that rotting leaf ecosystem for want of a habitat for want of a better word is warm mm. even under snow mm. because of the chemical reactions the funguses the bacteria that mm. are eating away so that provides heat for these invertebrates and in turn that means they're still active yeah. which means that Mr. Robin or Mr. Blackboard can come down and dig them out and have a have a munch in the mm-hmm. middle of the winter. And if you have a monoculture of a grass lawn, then that's not happening it's and not birds happening. don't have that extra exactly. growth in the winter. Now you put your board food out and all that, but yeah. it's also good to have natural sources mm-hmm. of food that are... Because there's know, a lot of protein here, which would... 100%. Exactly. Be different to the seeds that you put out yeah. for the birds. And also, you know, you can't be there all the time. Mm. People go away or they forget to fill their board feeders. You need these natural... And also, frogs and toads aren't going to eat off board feeders, you know, yeah. and, and and the specialist woodlice spiders, for example, which are quite rare, beautiful little creatures. Yeah. I, I actually wanted to catch one for you today because I knew we were doing this show, but I couldn't come across them. They are really, really hard to find. I've, I've only known a couple of my pals um, throughout the country who've seen them, but they're basically these bright orange spiders wow and they have huge long fangs and the fangs are so long is because a regular spider finds it very difficult to get its fangs into that armour plate yeah so what the woodlice spider does is it uses its long fangs to flip the the uh, woodlice on its side so then one fang can pierce into the soft underbelly while the other one grips the exoskeleton amazing and then it just pours its digestive juice over after envenomating it and then wow. just sucks it up so wow. it's a really cool spider Incredible. which which needs these to survive on their other great predators are the the centipedes mm-hmm. are little small centipedes which do the exact same thing with their fangs 
they'll turn them on their side and they'll wow. yeah you can even, oh you can see you just turned one over there now you've turned now. one over now see the four white spots under the bone what you see now the legs are moving like see hell. the four white oh, yes, spots I do, right that's there. the lungs oh, that's, that's the that's the gills that's amazing so yeah I never thought about wood lice before but now that I look at them they're fascinating like anything right you look yeah. at them you learn about them and you go oh my god that's incredible all it takes is somebody to show you something is cool and absolutely. then you're like this is amazing absolutely yeah so walk us through what we can do in our in our gardens or whatever for the winter now yeah so it's that time of year I suppose if you're looking to do something for nature it's the mm-hmm. unglamorous type of year mm-hmm. or time of year but I'd say pretty rewarding as well yeah, well, I mean, this is the time of year now where I'll, I'll chop bushes back and everything because I know I can. There's no boards there. Um, everything's kind of everything's shutting down. So you can kind of tidy your garden up and prepare it to go wild again next year. Any kind of excess leaves, wood, anything like that, what I'll try and do is find an area to pile it up in and leave it there for the winter and make sure it's tight, it doesn't blow away because I don't want to my place looking like the Adams family's gaff but you know what I mean <laughs> kind of does anyway but keep it in a nice pile using either wood or some kind of a, a container mm. that animals can freely get access to and from so the container you had outside obviously was it was a woven basket with, yep. so it was open on the side so things could come in and come out exactly so and right beside the shed here I have uh, basically I stuck thick bamboo four or five um, rows of them into a square oh yeah and I just throw everything in. Now, it's not a classic compost heap because I don't really take anything out of it. It's just rubbish is dumped in on it and rubbish by as in uh, organic matter from the garden. Mm. And it just, over the years, it just breaks down. Mm. These guys, these wood lice, chomp it to bits and wow. demolish it. And because it's it's made of, you know, bamboo poles and there's gaps in it, my frogs will go in there, the newts will go in there. It's nice and warm. Mm. You can get three and four foot of snow on top of it like we did yeah. a couple of years ago and everybody seems to be fine I took a ter- I stuck a thermostat in and I think it was still around 12 or 13 yeah. inside in the the composted area mm. which was which is cool so yeah stuff like that keep keep all your your leaves and your your trimmings from your garden put them in an area that you can kind of control and leave them there leave them there mm. to rot let nature takes course and then if you, if, if you find it's piling up over a couple of years then either mulch it or throw it on your, your, your bedding and it's fantastic it saves you going to woodies and paying for mulch or paying for fertiliser you've made it yourself and it's just a great way of keeping and giving uh, giving these creatures a little chance and, and keeping stuff out of landfill exactly like 100% like unnecessarily uh, you know you don't need that stuff in there another great thing as well if you have uh, a lot of patio and concrete in the garden, if you can get your hands on it, just a, a few old planks of wood, just leave them lying flat somewhere and leave them with, with some, again, leaves on top and it will just uh, bloom mm-hmm. with life. Before you go, actually, we'll, we'll record us flipping some of the stuff I have in my front garden if yeah, you want to yeah, have a yeah, look, absolutely. just to show you what's there. Yeah. But I love the idea that, like, when you when you walk when you come through so much of Dublin and other places, you notice that everything's been paid over for driveways. So I imagine if every home, every house, every driveway had a little blob of greenery, then you're creating a connecting sort of bridge for the animals. Yep, the way to look at your garden or wherever you're staying, even if you're renting your balcony, whatever it is, the best way to look at it for for 
at the moment with the current state of things is to look at it as an oasis it's a desert of concrete and you're providing that one oasis and you know from watching the documentaries and the movies that when you have an oasis in a desert things will show up because they need they need the the water the food that's there so that's yeah. essentially what you're doing and if yeah. you can encourage if, if you can lead by example first first off I think that's the most important thing do your own thing and then if your neighbour's talking to you and what are you doing and asking questions you can kind of start, maybe suggest if you have a community group a great idea is one person has a, a garden down the end of a road who has a pond one person decides to plant a couple of trees one person decides to keep a hedgerow mm. one decides maybe to grow a wildflower meadow mm. in their garden and they knock a brick in between all their houses to give it a link that's and brilliant that's that's a whole mosaic of habitats on a single road and that can be just you and your your poker buddies or your bingo pals or whatever brilliant Got, getting together. who was listening to this bingo pals my god <laughs> You never know. You never know. <laughs> bingo, you play bingo, bingo's hipster now, isn't it? <laughs> bingo's hipster. You're bingo pals. You know I do a lot of talking to the old grannies in the community centre. Go out with your bingo pals and feed the frogs. <laughs> but you know what I mean? That kind of yeah. community-based environmentalism is massively important now and it's easy to do. Yeah, it is. You know, and again... And it's great fun. You get to know people as well. 100%. Mm. It's really rewarding. Mm. Really rewarding. Brilliant. So there you go. Have I sold the brilliance and the beauty of um, Woodlice to you? You have, absolutely. <laughs> uh, let's go flip. Oh, let's go flip. Okay, just give me you want to put your jacket second. back on? <laughs> to reconstruct myself. Yeah. Leave that there. My driveway is like anyone else's driveway. It's got the two cars playing concrete. But I do, I did plant like a, a border, which is kind of like a, a hedgerow. But apart from that, it's a normal driveway. Now, what I do is to provide a little bit more extra habitat, I get my old planks of wood mm. and I throw them on the, the bare concrete and just let leaves gather around mm. them. I'm just walking over to the planks of wood. Right. So we're at the planks of wood and you're lifting one up now but you're sitting on the concrete. I know, I know, just going to... Got show my glasses it. on for this oh, one. Oh, yeah. Now... Oh, immediately. Boom. What life, life running everywhere. See what happens. And if you layer them up... You have a few of them sitting on top of each other yeah, and exactly. they're sort of... They're like decking, so they have yep. ridges. Decking. Look <gasps> oh, my gosh. You've lifted it up now. There's so much life under there. So there we have beetle lava. Yeah, all right. Worms. Got centipedes. All sorts of ages. You got five or six different species of wood lice, mm. and this is just all on. And this is like a two meter plank yeah, of wood on bare concrete. Yeah. Extraordinary. And the great thing is, as I said, at night time now they'll come out, or in the morning. Yeah. Spiders. Beautiful spider there. Oh yeah. That's a lace web. Oh wow. Beautiful. Um, in the morning these bugs will be all out foraging. Yeah. At the exact same time that I'll see the robins and right. uh, the other yeah. stuff coming down coming over brekkie there you go so Fantastic. simple and easy brilliant absolutely yeah literally just sitting down on top of the um, concrete Lovely. anyone could be a conservationist we're all conservationists we're all scientists hey, 
So, of course, we have big news now that uh, The Critter Shed is now part of a brand new podcast network called The Warren. Yeah, our new family. <laughs> yeah. a, a, a collection of uh, brilliant Irish storytellers and, and podcasters. And uh, yeah, it's really yeah. cool. Really cool to be involved with them. And if you fancy listening to new types of podcasts, hop over to thewarren.ie. We have amazing array of things to listen to. We have How Do We Sound, a fantastic chatty podcast with Rosemary McCabe. We have Petrified, which is audio fiction, which is really good, beautifully produced. We have Meet Your Maker, Liam Garrity talking to people who make great things like the Muppet Show people and yeah. loads of things in between. What else we got? We got uh, Dublin Story Slam, yeah, which is really <laughs> funny kind of a podcast with people getting up and telling their darkest secrets on stage and some <laughs> funny stories as well so yeah stories, oh, cool. stories of dogging yeah stories of dogging <laughs> Jeez, I should go on and talk about some of the stuff I've seen when out doing surveys <laughs> we have a, a tiny podcast called Science Drops tiny but weighty I produce that and it's about it's 90 seconds of little bits of science and I describe them as cartoons for your ears because they're they're quite fun yeah so uh, yeah pop over have a look or a listen and um, you can always rehash the glorious moments we have spent in uh, the wonderful Critter Shed and outside with some of our expert friends brilliant okay Jesus where we were first you would wouldn't you even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.